0: Again, and welcome to the Bible Project Podcast. And we're working together through the entire book of Genesis and we've reached the point where the rains have fallen, the springs of the earth have opened up and the whole world is flooded. So you may remember that last time I said today, I'm going to give you some arguments to the cases, why the story of the flood told here is portrayed as a real event and a worldwide event. I'd remind you that the transcript for all the messages that i do in these daily podcasts is available in the episode notes of any audio version of the podcast that you listen to no matter where you're downloading or getting it from so firstly the number one thing i'd like to say is that it is the plain statement of genesis that this is what has happened verse 19 of chapter 7 tells us and all the mountains under the entire heavens were covered with water. And then verse 20 says, the waters rose and covered the mountains to a depth of more than 15 cubits, that's 20 feet. The second reason is the nature of the ark as it's described for us in the text. Had the flood been local, then Noah and his household could have simply migrated to another place. After all, they would have had 120 years to do that. In fact, animals today migrate all the time. And that kind of thing is common even today. It's not unusual for animals to travel hundreds, if not sometimes thousands of miles, to escape conditions of either drought or flood. Furthermore, it seems to me that the size of the ark was much too massive to be providing a safe exit from a local flood. A commentary I read said, To have built a vessel of such magnitude simply for the purpose of escaping a local flood seems inconceivable. And I personally agree with that statement. Thirdly, after the flood, God promised Noah that he would never again destroy the earth by water. He specifically says so in the last chapter. We haven't got there yet, but later on we're going to see at the end of this story, God will say, never again shall I flood or destroy the earth. You see, if the Genesis flood was simply a local flood, then this covenant promise would not have been needed because it would have already been broken a hundred times, because we see flooding worldwide all the time. There have been many local and regional floods on the earth since Noah's time, which is why God saying he promised not to destroy the whole earth, again by water, is significant the worldwide phenomenon of the rainbow reminds us of a worldwide flood and the promise that a worldwide event like that would never happen again number four the new testament itself says that this was a worldwide flood peter says it in his second letter that the world that had previously existed had perished by being flooded with water i'm quoting here from 2 peter chapter two verse five where he writes if god did not spare the ancient world when he brought forth the flood on its ungodly people but he protected noah a preacher of righteousness and seven others if there's no universal flood being taught here then the new testament understanding of it is an error the fifth reason and i think it's one of the most compelling one is jesus himself said the flood was universal I'm quoting Jesus here speaking from Luke chapter 17 verse 27 and he says this, Just as in the day of Noah, so also will it be in the days of the Son of Man. People were eating and drinking, marrying and being given in marriage up to the very day Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. This means that Jesus himself said this happened and also confirmed that everyone and everything outside of the ark perished if there's no worldwide flood then Jesus spoke an error on this issue the statement of Peter and the plain words of the Lord Jesus Christ himself both say that there was a universal worldwide flood well let me give you what I think is one more powerful argument a powerful reason for believing that the flood was indeed a worldwide event even if you're not a Christian Even if you don't believe the Bible is the word of God, the next argument I believe should give you pause for thought to think about what actually happened here. A final reason I believe the flood was universal is because that traditions all over the world tell of a worldwide flood. There are hundreds of flood stories and traditions that have been found in every part of the world. One author I read describes and quotes specific traditions from Europe, Asia Australia, the East Indies, Polynesia and even South America, Central America, North America and Africa. Another author who has researched this identified 270 flood stories from all parts of the world. And still another went on to say that the majority of nations all over the world, the majority of all indigenous people all over the world have flood traditions within their ancient writings and i quote stories of the great flood and some form of new creation are so common to so many people in different parts of the world between whom there appears to be no historic communication possible the notion seems to exist that the worldwide flood is a universal feature of the human imagination It is quite overwhelming and incredible to think that almost every primitive society that we can identify seems to have a story of a universal flood. And these stories and traditions are all over the face of the earth. Forget the Bible as being the word of God for a minute. Let me put it like this. If there was in fact a worldwide flood, just as the one described here in Genesis, then worldwide traditions and stories would be be exactly what one would expect to see springing up all over the place, and that is indeed what has actually happened. If there were no such traditions, opponents of the Genesis flood would argue that a lack of circumstantial evidence like this would be strong evidence against the occurrence of a universal flood. Now the reason I went through this is because we need to understand the whole reason that this passage was placed in the Bible the author definitely wanted to convince the readers of the authenticity of him writing of a universal flood. Now many Christians who I know and respect when it comes to the matter think otherwise of this issue. However I just wanted to show that there is evidence for a universal flood outside of the Bible and that my point is that believing in the universal flood is an entirely reasonable thing to do. And even those amongst us who don't believe that the story is literally true, they would have to accept that that is what the story that is being told here is about. Otherwise, the message becomes meaningless. The message within the story would then not be logical and have no meaning. So whether or not you believe there was an actual worldwide flood, the message within it is still very clear. So that begs the question, what is the main message of the passage what is the passage trying to teach us spiritually well that's what we shall look at next time